I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. You're listening to Book Club Babes. Let's get into it. Hey babe, Chantel here. We're just hopping on to share our little announcement that we had the pleasure of hosting with Angeline Booley a few weeks ago about her upcoming novel, Warrior Girl Unearthed. Enjoy! Hello, everyone! Hi! Hi. We're your hosts. Uh, My name is Chantel. I'm Kate. And we're from the Book Club Babes podcast. Um, We're so honored to be here this evening with everybody. Um, And I'll just explain a little bit about ourselves before we jump in. Um, We're just two Canadian gals and we've been best friends for literally forever. So that's where BFF actually came from. It's us. Um, We've always loved chatting about our Uh, sorry we've always been loved chatting about books and we honestly just don't take ourselves too seriously as you can probably already see um and we decided to create our podcast so that other like-minded women um can have a small community of um other like-minded women to chat books with and we just have this little group and we love all of our babes So um, I can already see people are dropping in where they're from. So keep that coming. And I can already see some of our babes in there. Hey, Shelby, what's up? (laughs) It's so exciting. Where else are you guys from? Yeah. Let us see. Definitely. Oh, some people are saying they can't hear. Can everyone hear? Oh, 
We've got Marshalltown. That's exciting. Whoa. Cool. cool. Glasgow? Woo-hoo. Chicago? Oh, oh my wow. gosh. These are faraway places. Yes. Yeah. We're in Canada. We're so. in a small town in Canada. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is so exciting. So you may remember Angeline Booley, author of Firekeeper's Daughter, which we love for her amazing writing talent, her witty intelligence, and her generosity and kindness, obviously. And we're all here waiting with bated breath and anticipation for a very special announcement. Um, We've teamed up with Fierce Reads and obviously the amazing Angeline to share some behind the scenes information about her highly anticipated second book, which, by the way, I don't know if you guys can see the little green button right below. Um, You can pre-order your um, copy of her second book um, from Birch Bark, which is an amazing um, Indigenous-owned indie bookstore in Minneapolis. And yeah, just use the little green button below us. Yeah. Um, One final housekeeping note. Angeline will be taking questions from you, the audience, um, at the end of the event. So feel free to drop your questions in there whenever. We'll also do another call out for questions. So um, if you don't have one right at the moment, that's okay. Just get start thinking about them so that you can put them in there and get Angeline to answer them, which is probably the coolest part yes, of anything. Yes, yes. <laughs> Um, and without further ado, let's bring the guest of honor on screen to get the deets on book two. Woo-hoo. Woo! Hi. Oh, hello, hello, hello. Angeline. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to see you in person. Now, I mm-hmm. love you guys. Um, yes, we love you. Book Club Babes podcast. I love how you take a book. And over the month, you break it into fourths. And Mm -hmm. each week, you discuss one fourth of the book. And I was so honored when you picked my book. And then we ended up having a bonus uh, Mm -hmm. episode because we were able to have um, like a A little interview. An interview that was recorded. And I just so appreciate just how real you are in talking about books and um, the support you gave to me. So I'm we're blushing over here. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, I can honestly say, and I don't want to speak for you, but I will. I think this is the highlight of our lives. Honestly. Speaking with you. (laughs) (laughs) It's always so nice to chat with you. You're always so lovely to speak with. All right. All righty. So what we're all here for. What we're all here for. <laughs> we're so excited. So, Angeline, can you spill what's the title of the new book? And can you tell us a little bit about the plot? Please. <laughs> all right. My second book um, is called Fight. Um, I'm like, it's, <laughs> it's Warrior Girl Unearthed. And it Woo-hoo! tells the yes. a 16-year-old girl who reluctantly has to take a summer job with her tribe and um, ends up learning about um, our ancestors and sacred items that are being kept in museums and like stored in um, cardboard boxes. And, um, and she decides to right that wrong and decides to 
engage in some heists to bring sacred um, items back home to Sault Ste. Marie. And don't always go well. (laughs) So an impulsive, um, uh, an impulsive young woman who acts first and thinks later and i I just love love her so much um Um, you had said that she was during our interview last year mm -hmm. you had said that it was like an indigenous lara croft is that still the vibe yeah yep that is still the vibe indigenous lara croft but instead of raiding tombs she is raiding museums to bring her ancestors and sacred items home i love Love, it love. love it all right. How was your writing experience for War- Warrior Girl on Earth compared to Firekeeper's Daughter? Um, this one seems to be taking you less than 10 years, which is exciting <laughs> for all of us. Um, unless you always had this second novel in mind when you were writing Firekeeper's Daughter. Okay, this second story is a completely different cat. Completely. Um So actually the idea came to me so differently, whereas Donna's has lived in my head in some shape or form since I was 18 years old. Um, It was summer of 2019. It was after I had my agent. I was working on a revision over that summer and I was thinking, okay, um, what's going to be next when I'm done writing about Donna's? What is going to be next? And I thought, well, you know, if if all I have in me is one great story, I'm I'm really glad. And then I was out for a walk and this character popped into my head and she said, I stole everything they think I did and even stuff they don't know about yet. And I was just like, oh, who I got chills. <laughs> Who is she? And she was sitting in a police station waiting for her parents to come get her. And I just was like, oh my God, I this this is my next story. And I just loved how that happened exactly when I was ready to receive it. And it gave me such confidence that I am a writer. I have more than one story in me. And that when I am ready, I have to trust the universe that um, those characters will make themselves known to me. Mm-hmm. And the main character is so different from Donna's. Whereas Donna's is in her head so much, mm-hmm. overthinks things, is a lot like me. Um, this this new, this, this other character, she just um, acts first and thinks later. We've got someone in the chat, Emma. She's saying, I love this character already. OMG, OMG. (laughs) Same, Emma, same. Yes. 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 (laughs) All right. So now that we know that we're dealing with a bit of a heist thriller here, we're going to play a guessing game. So that the audience can have go on their own heist for some answers about the book. So, audience, oh, can I say yeah that I love Easter. I had Easter eggs in Firekeeper's Daughter. That if you knew the premise of mm-hmm. book two, you should be able to figure it out. Ooh, okay. That's There's a little exciting. clue, everybody. That's exciting. <laughs> All right. So 
we have some questions for the audience that Angeline's going to ask or give some little hints. And um, you guys chime in using the, the chat, okay? And let us know your best guesses. So, Angeline, take it away. Okay. Um, wonderful fans and readers. Uh, who do you think is the main character in Warrior Girl Unearthed? Ooh. I'm going to check these comments now because I want to know, did you reread? Did you figure it out? Has anybody, Kay, let's hear your best guesses. Oh, Ooh. Ooh. we're getting some. Yeah, Robinson's getting warm. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Oh, oh Taylor I too. think people are, I think, oh, let's see. Oh. Wow. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. A.R. Nelson. Excellent mm. guess, but not quite yet. Oh, Donis's kids. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Okay. Okay. All right. Oh, Jenny Vandenberg. You are thinking ahead. Wow. <laughs> but you're wrong. <laughs> I want Donis to have a daughter. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Should we give some hints? Oh, I think yeah. there's some people who've got it close. Yeah. All yeah. right. Um, I know that it's a character that we've already met. In Firekeeper's Daughter. Yes. 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 Um, and there is a 10 year time jump between the books. So remember that mm -hmm. Donis, <laughs> <laughs> Donis's mother. Okay. okay. Angeline, what do you think? Okay. Do you want to tell them? Let us know. Okay. Uh, the main character in Warrior Girl Unearthed is Perry Firekeeper Birch. Yay! We love Firekeeper Birch. Oh wow! Perry, Yay. the feisty twin. <laughs> yes, yes, we loved Perry. The glimpses that we got of her in Firekeeper's Daughter. So we're really excited to delve more into her story. Um, can you let us know how she? You already have a little bit, but how she compares to Donis as a protagonist? As soon as she popped into my head, I knew, I knew it was her. And she was just so crystal clear in my mind that she has a thought, she says it. She wants something, she goes after it. She um, thinks you're acting a fool, she's going to tell you. Um, she just, yeah, she suffers no fools. Um, she says what she thinks she doesn't give a rat's ass what anybody thinks about her. And she is just her own feisty person. She, you know, and, and just, she was, she's so fun to write because Donna's, Donna's has been on my mind since I was 18. Mm -hmm. And Perry is about the polar opposite of Donna's. Um, Perry just leads with her heart and her brain will catch up a couple beats later. And oh she doesn't gosh. know what the consequences are to her actions. Yeah. Would you say she's kind of like Aunt Teddy? 
I think that would be a really fair assessment because okay. we hear stories about Aunt Teddy when Teddy was young about, and and yes, you might, I I never thought that, but now I, now it makes so much sense. <laughs> like, well, of course she's badass she you know the apple did not fall far from the tree yeah her mom is so cool yes yeah we've already it looks like you've already got some excited people in the chat here mm-hmm. everybody's so excited about a Perry. Shiro. she's a shiro. she's a shiro and there's some i noticed one um alexandria mentioned that perry has always had the warrior spirit my kind of gal so Aww. yes yep. awesome All right. So um, I did have a few little questions maybe that you could give us a little sneaky on. Um, And we know that Perry is then 16 years old, if this is 10 years into the future or after um, Firekeeper's daughter. And that would make her a little slightly younger than Donis was in Firekeeper's daughter. Um, Will this be a coming of age story because she already seems like she's pretty confident type of woman the yeah. one person that you're explaining to us um and will we get a little bit more because she grew up fully on sugar island whereas donna split time between the mainland and sugar island right perry knows exactly who she is mm-hmm. um, and and so her her issues are not with that mm-hmm. and um and so yeah she she um she starts the summer and fully intending to have a summer of slack all she wants to do is fish relax and um and her sister's got this summer job uh you know, working with tribal council. She's part of this internship program. And Perry thinks she's like the biggest sucker for having a summer job because fishing is life. And, um, and then there's a mama bear that crosses the road and Perry's in a Jeep that her auntie Donna's gifted to the girls. And yeah, the mama bear and Lily play a game of chicken and Perry ends up needing some money for repairs and has to take the very last uh, internship spot with the person that nobody else wanted. And we find out why nobody wanted to work at the tribal museum with this character. Hmm. Okay. 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 All right, Angeline, I think you've got a second question. Yes. Okay. So, um, lovely readers, lovely fans, which Firekeeper's Daughter characters do you think will be in, you know, Warrior Girl Unearthed? Um, who are you hoping for? Who do you think will show up? Uh, please blast in the comments and let's find out. Who you want in there? Who? 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 the elders from the community. Oh, I love loved the elders. I did. I loved yes. them so much and how much they loved Donis yes. and everything like that. So I hope that they make some appearances. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend Kathy Donner's online. 
Oh, oh hi, Kathy. <laughs> oh, she thinks you look amazing, Angeline, <laughs> of course. <laughs> okay, Jamie? Oh, Jamie, yeah. Ooh. Oh, Four yeah. Bring me Grant to justice. Good one. Mm -hmm. I wish. Faulty mm -hmm. elders, yes. Mm -hmm. yes. Yes, these are great. Teddy. Teddy, yep. 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 Yes, I loved that. Bring the bring call me Grant to justice. Yes. Yes. yes he was garbage. <laughs> he was the worst. I hope we don't see him again. Okay. This is true. Wow. Okay. Let us know. I will say many of you were right. <laughs> so yes, obviously Aunt Teddy, who is now Mama Teddy. Um she will be there. Uh, Auntie Donis is going to be making an appearance oh. and um, you find out a little bit about what's happened to Donis between Firekeeper's daughter and uh, 10 years later. Uh, and then of course, I love my elders and I love telling stories about Ojibwe teens who love their community, who love their elders and um, feel very protective of them and their ancestors. And so, yes, elders will be there. Yay. Yay. What about my fave, Granny June? Yes. Ah! Granny June is still kicking it. She's still yes. solid and she's still like raunchy as hell yes yes love her love her mm -hmm. okay granny june was obviously my favorite and a fan favorite mm -hmm. um we're very excited obviously we all are to return to sugar island which was such a huge part of firekeeper's daughter what was it like for you returning to that setting and does warrior girl on earth take our characters elsewhere that is such a great question. Um, yes, I mean, any story I write about my community, it's going to be centered on Sugar Island. That to me, that is my family. That is, you know, where my ancestors are. Um, I always feel so connected to my cousins and ancestors um, on Sugar Island. So, um, but we're also going to take quite a few road trips to St. Ignace, which is um, a, a little town right across the Mackinac Bridge. It's the first town you hit off the bridge um, when you cross into the Upper Peninsula from the Lower Peninsula. So St. Ignace is going to be getting some attention. Uh, yes. Nice. That's, That's awesome. amazing. Um, yes, we're very excited. For mm -hmm. all of that. Yes. For all of it. <laughs> Trisha wants to fast forward to May. You and me both. Yeah. You and me both. Yeah. Same, same. Same. All right. Okay. Kathy Donor is calling out the mention of Nickelback. Okay. I want you to know, I got so much grief about that from my cousin Deb. She was like, oh my God, Nickelback. I was like, but it was a song that had Someday in the title. She was like, really? Nickelback? <laughs> So I've got cousins who will rip me apart for anything I, yeah, yeah. I do love that it was a Canadian artist, though. This is true. Canadian yes. Canadian, yes. Yes. 
<laughs> yeah, my cousin Deb is my Aunt Teddy. She's my own Aunt Teddy. Aww, Aww. that's so sweet. I love that. Oh, someone's asking if we'll see any more of Jamie. Do you want to answer that or no? <laughs> I will not answer that at this okay. time. No comment. No comment. No comment. No comment. Love that. Love that for us. We've got to have some secrets. We yes. Can't know the you whole can't know the whole thing. Plot. Exactly. No. Yeah. All right. One more question, Angeline. Sure. Okay. Um, I think this one's for you to ask the audience. Okay. Which popular heist young adult novel? do you think I read to research this book? Well, we know that you read Ace of Spades, but that, I think that that one is a little. No, it's it's not not a heist. I want you to think young adult heist novel. Young adult heist. Okay. Okay. Heist society. That's a good, that's a good guess, but you're wrong. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. Yes. So I read Six of Crows because I yeah. think that books should be taught in a class about young adult literature and writing a high story where each each member of the team carries their own weight in the heist. I think Six of Crows is the um, paramount. It is the most important young adult heist novel that has ever been written i mean until may 2023 potentially right well yeah (laughs) pay homage pay homage to the inspirations yes oh love that okay angeline we remember distinctly that when you were researching firekeeper's daughter you actually learned how to make meth what was your research process like for Warrior Girl on Earth? <laughs> oh, what is this? I hope you didn't pull any heights. Any Ocean's I, Eleven I, stuff I going on? I learned how to make from the state police. Like, hmm. how is that research? Um, did they teach you how to heist too? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, they did not. Um, so I learned a lot. Actually, I did a lot of research about um, museums that have our ancestors. And I learned like horrible things. Um, Mm -hmm. It was really hard. So like Harvard University, they have more Native Americans in their in their Peabody Museum archives, like bones in boxes than have ever been live Native Americans attending Harvard University. And that is just such, it's such a travesty. And the more that I learned, the more like Perry's outrage when she learns these things mirrors my outrage. Yes. But she has zero Fs to give. And so she is going to do something about it. Um, and And so, yeah. So um, learning a lot about uh, repatriating ancestors and sacred items from public museums and then all of the loopholes and all of the stuff, that was a big part of my research process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yes. And it's important for people to hear that. Yes. And realize that. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. 
Um, before we move on from our little game, I do have a little few little plot questions. Um, will there be more guy lies? <laughs> um, no, actually. No. That's not well, a Perry thing? That's not a Perry thing. That's not a Perry thing. Perry's like, screw it. You know, yeah. I yeah. need to worry about if I'm telling them mm -hmm. the truth, you yeah. know? Love yeah. That. And Donis was teaching Perry and Pauline to skate in um, Firekeeper's Daughter. Being Canadian, is there going to be any hockey themes again? Um, just think about what you already know about Perry. <laughs> okay. Okay. Does this okay. girl follow rules? Does she mm. seem like she's going to mm. be on a team? Well, <laughs> I could, I could see her being like, a big bad defenseman being like, I'm taking no crap. True. But also, yeah, like, but also teamwork. teamwork. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the teamwork part that Perry, ha you know, I, I don't think we're going to see Perry on any teams. Fair enough. So, Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, one more and then we'll move on. But I, we've got to we've know. Got it and this seems like it might be a Perry thing too. Will we see any more F me or F you shoes or a red dress? <laughs> hmm. I think we'll see a red skirt. Okay. Okay. Ribbon okay. skirt. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, that would be nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love uh, that. Harry is more likely to wear platform Doc Martens than FU pumps. F FU boots. How about we do that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's wearing some real, you know, ass kicker boots. And yes. that's her that's her vibe. Love, I love that. Her. Love that. I love her. All right. Well, we all know it wouldn't be an Angeline mm -hmm. Bully book if it didn't have a gorgeous cover to match. Um, and we hear that you teamed up with a very special illustrator on the cover art. Um, please introduce us all. All right. So, you know, my cover for Firekeeper's Daughter was so special. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted Warrior Girl on Earth to have a completely different identity, different aesthetic. And I could think of no one better than Michaela Goad, who won the Caldecott Award for her illustrations for We Are Warrior Protectors. So welcome, Michaela. I met Michaela a couple of years ago at Quayley Color of Children's Literature mm -hmm. Conference. There's like this whole group of like native uh, kid lit writers and illustrators that converge at that conference. Um, we haven't converged since COVID, but that's where I first met Michaela. And I just felt like I knew her. I supported everything she did. And the opportunity for her to read an early manuscript and illustrate, I am so honored. Thank you. Miigwech, Michaela. Oh, that was such a kind intro. Um, well, thank you, everybody, for, 
for allowing me to be here and for you know to Angeline for welcoming me welcoming me into the world of Firekeeper's Daughter. I love Firekeeper's Daughter, uh, so I was so honored and so excited uh, to get that first email about potentially working on this book cover. Um, and for me, it was a chance to do something a little bit older too, you know, because I'm mostly a kid's book. So it was really uh, fun to sort of just dive into that world a little bit more. Yes. So Michaela, can you tell us what your process was, um, you know, for creating the cover? Tell us mm -hmm. about your medium. Um, Please share whatever you would like to share about your process. When you work on a cover project, I haven't done too many of them, but you know it's a little bit different than a whole picture book because it is just one image for the cover. Uh, and so you work with that art direction team early on to just uh, you know get early direction in terms of you know art direction, imagery to include, whether they have some particular ideas that they're asking me to explore. Uh, and then I come mm -hmm. up or, you know, and also um, early sort of notes from you, Angeline. And so uh, then I come up with a few sketches and I turn those in and those become the jumping off point. I'm just trying to find ways to incorporate the different sacred objects, the stolen sacred objects. You can see sort of tucked within the foliage or the bones. Um, I was also told that the lunar moon cycles uh, should try to be incorporated if possible. Uh, and I just wanted to work around a portrait of Perry, as, as you guys have been talking about. She is this really strong, fierce, fiery character. And so I wanted to have the focal point be the strong uh, uh, portrait of her. Elements trying to work in, such as fish and water, knives, and I even tried to reference uh, Firekeeper's Daughter cover here, just giving the team a few early ideas. And eventually we settled on a direction. Uh, there's some back and forth between the team, and then we're incorporating Angeline's feedback, uh, and we just try to refine the sketches before I begin painting. It still looks pretty different from, from how ultimately it wound up, and that's pretty typical. I've found uh, the painting process has a way of changing things too, and then the final revision process. Um, trying to work in the seeds, the moon cycles, we have the, the sort of profiles that kind of double as moons, I sort of double as twins, as imagery of ancestors, as uh, allusions to um, missing women, which is another sort of plot of your book. Uh, then we have the handprint for the miss missing and murdered indigenous women and girls and two spirits, um, and the Baron the Martin for the clans. And so there's just lots of imagery tucked in. Uh, and then once I get the final go-ahead, I jump to the painting table and I try to lay down the final artwork. I go through piles and piles of tracing paper. Uh, and this this piece was something new for me in that it was uh, a lot of puzzling detail in a small amount of space. I'm usually, you know, I usually work on a big page spread or double page spread. Um, so it was a lot of early pencil work and drawing to make sure I fit everything in and it wouldn't get cut off by the printers. Um, and so that takes, that takes a while, but eventually I get it down and I start watercoloring. So watercolor is uh, my, my typical, my usual medium, uh, which is what I used for this cover as well. And it was just a lot of layers. 
I work a lot in negative painting, outlining all these different foliage elements, which were a reference to Anishinaabe woodland art style uh, floral motifs. I then have, after this point, I finish the painting, I scan it into my computer, and then I finish it digitally. And sometimes depending on the piece, uh, it's quite a bit more digital refinements than other pieces. And I realized working with the team, I needed to age the girl up, probably because I'm used to doing kids mostly. <laughs> so I had to age, age Perry up um, and just make everything sort of sparkle and, uh, and pop a bit more. Yes. So now my favorite part of the cover, honestly, because Fairy, Perry loves to fish. And so her hair cascading over one shoulder and mm. having the fish, like, you know, her hair being like this river cascading and the fish, it just, that was honestly my favorite mm. part of, of the cover. I felt like you captured who Perry is right with that. Good. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm glad to hear that. Um, yeah. You know, you, you, one of the early notes was, to try to include fish if possible, because fishing is so important to Perry. Uh, and I felt like the river, the water is really important uh, well, to everybody, but also it's a strong feature in the book, you know, the back and forth on the ferry, uh, fishing in the river. And so it seemed pretty fitting um, to have, uh, yeah, her hair turn into the river and to incorporate all the little fishies. Yes, yes. Okay, well, I think we're going to have Book Club Babes uh, come back onto the screen. Hi. Hello. Michaela, your cover is gorgeous, and the comments are lighting up with all the love. And I saw some chef's kiss and literally screaming. <laughs> yes, people are loving it. Thank you, everybody. So um, we're going to start our Q&A section. Um, so we're going to uh, bring a special guest on camera to ask the first question, and that's going to be April Ignacio from Res Girls Book Club. Um, so we'll see her in a second. Come on up, April. In the meantime. Res Girls Book Club. I was able to meet April at the Tucson Book Fest. And it was like meeting a, a sister, a cousin, like, yes. Um, anyone who loves uh, books authored by indigenous people, that's already my relative. Aww. Hi. Hi. Nice to meet you, April. Hi, everyone. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Yes, we can. Oh, man, I'm so excited. Um, it's just very inspiring um every time angeline talks about her characters and um so first off thank you um for inspiring us the res girls book club focuses on indigenous authors and being able to see ourselves in these publications because you know we're, we're storytellers so um, the question is why do you think it's working now, Angeline? Um, seeing ourselves, um, these the books that are being created, they're they're coming into mainstream. Um, you know everything about um, being having indigenous writers, seeing res dogs on the big screen, like you know, um, 
why do you think that it's successful now? What's happening right now? Because so many decisions in the film industry and uh, publishing industry, everything is about the bottom line. And I think for too long, they, they saw indigenous works as niche. Oh, there's, you know, only 1% or 2% of the U.S. population is native. There, that's not enough to make it profitable to have a native-centered story. Well, I, I think that there are so many people in our country who are curious and want to know and recognize that our schools have not taught adequately about indigenous people. And so I think success of, you know, books like mine and shows like Reservation Dogs that are, that people are loving and learning and um, realizing that there is so much that mainstream U.S. and Canada do not know or have not been taught about our communities and the importance of having indigenous people being the ones telling those stories, how important that is um, to not get a, for lack of a better word, um, whitewashed or watered down version that might be more palatable, um, but to really show what's going on in our communities. It's so good to see you, Angeline, and we just look forward to your success, and we are cheering you on. Oh, and I for sure will do a book chat with your book club when the book comes out and you guys have a chance to read it. Just awesome. so happy to support you. It's so nice to meet nice you. Nice to meet you, April. All right, Bye -bye. send us your questions, guys. We've got one here. Um, we gotta know, this is for both of you. Angeline, what was your initial reaction to the cover when you saw it? I was stunned by the colors and the way that it felt and the way that it felt so distinct. It's, it had its own identity um, from Firekeeper's Daughter. And I just, I loved that. And just those colors, the, the, the oranges, the autumn colors, and then those fish. I just, it was, it's so beautiful. Yeah. That's, yeah, I, I was just blown away by Michaela's talent. Michaela, what was your thought process with choosing those colors? Yes, thank you. I, I forgot to talk about that. Yeah, the, the colors, it sort of seemed from, from the very beginning, I knew that I wanted it to feel earthier than the most things I'm sort of known for doing. I do a lot of blues and, you know, water and rainforest. Uh, but I, I knew I wanted it to feel earthy and um, grounded in that way. Uh, and so autumn yeah. colors also just felt great. Uh, Perry is, like we were talking about, fiery and fierce. Uh, and she has this sort of inner fire. And so it just seemed right to have warm tones. Uh, but then I always love playing, too, with uh, how you can, like, incorporate complementary colors, like uh, warms and cools in ways that don't feel too jarring. Um, 
So I love yeah, trying to find those sometimes seemingly opposite palettes and integrating them. Yeah, uh, you so blended them beautifully. Yeah. Gonna have warm, warm and cools. So I'm so glad to hear uh, Angeline's reaction because you know, when you're the artist, you don't get to see all of that or hear all of that, especially you get what you see is like filtered through oftentimes the art director and all that stuff. So even if you know them, like I know the authors that I work with, usually they do a pretty good job of sticking to editors or things like that to go be the go-between on projects. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're always like, it's a little nervous when you send things off sometimes, uh, especially something like this, which has such a wide uh, audience and such amazing fans. And so knowing I'm sort of stepping into that was a little bit daunting too. <laughs> Michaela, what was um, your first reaction? I'm not sure how you were approached, but when you found out that Angeline was interested in you being the artist for her second book. Oh, I was very excited and very honored. Um, and immediately like, oh my God, how do I make this work? You know, how do I fit this into the schedule? And fortunately, everyone was really great about uh, being patient and sort of helping, um, you know, juggle some things around timeline wise. Uh, but, but sometimes, it, I mean, oftentimes it's not that clear. You don't get a project inquiry and you're like, yes, oh my gosh, yeah. yes. How do I make this work? Uh, but, but this was one of those. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. Oh, that's perfect. Um, we do have a question from the audience and Evie's asking, Angeline, what's, um, what's been one of the most impactful moments you've experienced since becoming pub a published author? Oh, good question. Mm -hmm. Impactful, I would say it's when an Ojibwe woman or an Indigenous woman comes up to me and she wants to tell me what the book meant to her, but the words won't come out and it's like this connection this this conversation that we have with our eyes um and it happened like okay when we were when everyone was masking it would happen and it happens now that people that we aren't masking as much mm -hmm. i can see in their eyes how much my book spoke to them and how they felt seen and it's like this just with eye contact, just this connection, you know, of them seeing, saying that they felt seen and me asking, did I get it right? And that has been the most um, impactful moments of since, since the book published. Oh, I got a little teary yeah, there. That's, that's really very sweet. sweet. Yeah. We have yes. another sort of follow-up question to that. Kim is saying that she loved that Firekeeper's daughter expressed so much indi Indigenous joy and resilience. And she's wondering if you feel that this book also shouts out Indigenous joy and community. Of course. Yeah. Because when I think about my community, I'm happy. I love my community and my elders and my cousins. And so a story that centers of them of course it's going to have joy and humor and um all of that love, love that love that um, um oh i would i am ready to <laughs> do a brief reading um i'm gonna do like a two minute reading okay warrior girl on earth okay, okay. oh my god okay. This is a surprise. This is a surprise. This is so exciting. Okay. 
I speed across Sugar Island in the Jeep I share with my twin sister. The rising sun escapes the tree line to my left. I adjust the sun visor against the blinding brightness. It's what good drivers are supposed to do, minimize distractions. Focusing on the road ahead, I watch for cultural camp signage. Next to me, Pauline makes a production of craning her neck to check the speedometer, shaking her head and sighing. I take it as a challenge to go faster. Remember what Auntie Donna said, she warns, about our birthday gift that came with a bonus scolding, I say. <laughs> Happy sweet 16, my girls, Pauline imitates Auntie's slightly deeper voice. Enjoy this good pony, but I interrupt, practically growling, growling. But hear me now, I will repossess her and kick your asses if I catch you as being foolish. We laugh in twin harmony. I don't mention Auntie's next words directed solely to me, and that includes speeding. Why are you in such a hurry, Pauline says. It's not like you have anything going on. My sister irritates me like nobody else. I glare at her. Hold up. You're still mad about last week? Seriously? A week of touring universities was torture for poor Perry. It was supposed to inspire you. She drags the word inspire. It cost me a week of fishing. Well, I wish you hadn't come. Then no one would have sneaked people food to Elvis Jr. and made us suffer his atomic farts. I for sure weaponized our stinky dog. I hide my smirk while checking out a faded sign announcing the Sugar Island Ojibwe's Ojibwe tribe's cultural camp is a quarter mile ahead. Oh my God, Pauline continues with an extra syllable and some shade. It sounds like God. It was just a few schools, nine universities. I repeat in Ojibwe Moen, Jean Gaswe. She startles at my sharp tone. I feel her eyes on me even without looking over. My voice softens in tan tandem with slowing down for the coming turn. Pauline, it was nine places I'd never get into even if I wanted to go, which I don't. I use my left turn blinker because you never know who's watching and reporting back to auntie. I don't wanna be anywhere except Sugar Island. Never, like ever, she asks. Sounds good to me, I say, making the turn. Besides, all the statues were of old Jaganash dudes, non-natives, colonizers. You really want to study where women and people of color are invisible? Ignoring me, Pauline checks for any strands that escaped her tightly wound bun of jet black hair. She pauses a hand at her ear, smoothing the area. You look good, I tell her. The narrow dirt road is an obstacle course of curves, dips, and bumps that continues for a half mile. It ends in a loop at a dilapidated log building where a tribe used to hold camps to learn stuff, like how to smoke whitefish or make maple syrup. Hey, why is the tribe having the summer interns come here for orientation instead of the bougie new camp in town, I ask, pulling up to the entrance. As usual, my sister knows the answer to everything. No Wi-Fi. No decent cell phone signals. 
She uses the visor mirror to apply the shimmery peach lipstick that pops against her dark skin. It's to immerse us in culture without distractions. More like immersed in mosquitoes. I grab the can of bug dope from the center console. Pauline takes it before reaching for the door handle. She waves to a group of friends dressed just like her in short floral print rompers and wedge sneakers. They hug as if it's been a year instead of a week since they last saw each other. My sister offers mosquito repellent and is praised for her smart thinking. <gasps> it's not enough. We want more. Oh, yeah. We could just keep listening. That was yeah. amazing. Thank you. That was a great painting of a picture, a start of a, another amazing new novel. I can't wait to like no. meet Perry mm -hmm. more. Mm -hmm. Like the yes. teenage yes. Perry. Teenage Perry, yes. Oh my gosh. That sounds amazing. So good. So good. All right. Well, does anybody else have anything they want to add? Anything? Yeah. Angela, and you're getting a lot of praise yes. in the comments. Yes, everybody's excited for an indigenous warrior. We're all here for it. Mm -hmm. Yes. yes. Um, Pre-order, follow me on social media. Mm -hmm. I will blast any about it. On Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook, I'm at Angeline Bully. And on Twitter, I'm at Fine Angeline. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. All right. So thank you so much to everybody for attending tonight. This has been such a blast. We love all of your comments and your questions. It was so fun. Um, we are obviously very grateful to have seen all of your kind faces to the people who have given their time and we've gotten to speak with you all. It's been great. Um, like Angeline said, reminder, there's a little green box right there and you can pre-order um, from Birchbark Books. And that is amazing because they are an indie indigenous bookstore and we love an indie indigenous bookstore. Um, and I think that's everything. It. Yeah. yeah. Alrighty. We're so glad everybody was participating in the comments and make sure that you pre-order. Yeah. All right. I know we are. I'm literally <laughs> yeah, pressing right the on, link right, right now. I gotta go because I'm pressing the link. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Please join us over at the Book Club Babes Facebook group for book discussions and to make your book recommendations or on Instagram at bookclubbabes.pod. If you'd like to reach out to us directly, you can email us at bookclubbabes.pod at gmail.com or contact us on our website at bookclubbabes.ca. If you love the Book Club Babes podcast, please tell a friend about us. And until next time, bye! bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. 
and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.